0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy
2: detective. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay. Boy, this this part of the show is kind of hard these days, huh? Yeah, the, the part where we're supposed to you know, take something from our lives and, you know, start a conversation and kind of get the ball rolling. It's just like, I watched 60 Minutes and it was kind of a bummer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've taken to putting on a family feud in the background while I play Hades on my Switch. That's kind of fun. Uh, I saw a dog, walked around.
1: Given what a bummer the world situation is, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the end of 60 Minutes, just throw in an old Andy Rooney where he's complaining about elevator buttons or that whatever.
2: That would be nice.
1: You know, just throw that in there and see how it plays. You know, see if it bucks people up a little.
2: Or how about this? Just get Dickerson to do that. Get Dickerson to complain about the minutia of everyday life. Venetian blinds, hard to open. God, Jay Dick could handle that. Of course, he'd, he'd slay, he'd slay. He'd, I mean, you know, obviously it wouldn't be Andy Rooney. He'd add a little Dickerson in there, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. And then Nora O'Donnell does a pratfall. <laughs> One of her famous Chevy Chase-style pratfalls.
1: I'll tell you a cute thing that happened to me today. Yeah. I was in the backyard with my son, Oscar, my seven-year-old mm-hmm. Oscar. And uh, I can't remember why, um, but he said to me, Dad, I I like was pronouncing things funny or something. And he said to me, Dad, no jokes. No jokes, Dad. <laughs> and I said to him, Well, Oscar, your father is a professional humorist. Mm. And uh he said to me, I'm funnier than you, Dad. <laughs> he goes, Watch, I'll be funnier than you right now. And then he farted. <laughs> Wow. He can fart on cue? A real fart. It was so great. Jeez. I was so proud of him. He also learned to ride a bike today, and I think I'm prouder of that fart.
2: <laughs> when, you know, once you take the training wheels off the fart. <laughs> that's when. Um, so he can he can save up a fart to blast Blast when necessary, huh? That's amazing. Congratulations on raising a child with such control. You know, look, I don't want to call out my own child
1: because goodness knows I love this little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I let him live in my house, and you know why I cook him dinner and everything. But I think the kid is just always ready to fart. I don't think he's <laughs> saving up farts. I think this is just a kid with he's a in ton a
2: perpetual of state of farting. Yeah, what a perpetual state of about to fart. You know, and I know, like, when you're a kid, you know, you like, you know, you kind of get locked to some into some foods and, you know, you only want to eat certain things, you know, bean and cheese burrito, chicken nuggets. And it's just <laughs> right. it's just it's just so interesting that you've raised a kid whose thing is uh, broccoli and black coffee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, now that you mention it, I say always on the verge of farting, mm-hmm. it may just be a continuous fart. It might be mm. like. A circular breathing thing. Like a life, a life-long, a lifelong fart. <laughs> yeah. Just one <laughs> long... Well, let's get off this subject and get onto the subject of our wonderful guest. <laughs> uh, he's a stand-up comedian, a film and television writer, uh, a great old friend of ours. Just back from the wilds of Northern California, the one and only Guy Branham. Hi, Guy.
3: Hello. Good to be here. Very excited. Um... My mother has a uh, 10-month-old German shepherd who is doing a similar constant farting, uh, sort of <laughs> circular breathing thing, uh, and I was dazzled by his work.
1: <laughs> What's amazing about a dog fart? I mean, this look, I, we're basically, we basically admitted that this is like uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, that our show is America's Funniest Home Videos. If you took away the one good part which is watching someone actually do the thing. <laughs> but uh, It's basically we're running a, a, what amounts to an America's Funniest Home Videos recap show at this point. But um, I have to say that the amazing thing about a dog's fart is that, I don't know, with my dogs. My oh. dog Coco is a big farter.
2: Can, I, can and, I just workshop a name real quick for the America's Funniest Home Videos recap podcast? Yeah, of course. America's pottiest home castios does that work for everybody I don't know if we want to guy you're in you're in for this show now it's going to be a weekly thing we're going to do some patreon stuff for the bonus Uh, yeah and it will be more popular than this show in two months
1: Uh, I mean, let's face it, I think like there are like four television networks that are currently being sustained by continuously running what is essentially America's Funniest Home (laughs) Videos.
2: And you know what? Nothing wrong with that. I (laughs) support it. Are you talking about like The Chive, that station that just plays
1: in bars? No, I'm talking about like MTV. Like the one hit show on MTV is like a skateboard guy. Yeah. Oh, like
2: with, Um, sure. Right. Yes. uh, Ridiculousness.
3: I sometimes consider restructuring my Hollywood career into just uh, designing um, things that could be moving at people and hit them for Japanese game shows <laughs> that are then adapted for American game shows. Then yeah. make money.
2: Boy, that's brilliant. Yeah, guy, if you can get in on the Japanese version and then get in on the American adaptation of the Japanese version, shit, man, that's a yeah, that's a that's a that's a circular money whirlpool that you want to be in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to figure out some cross-cultural things that can hit
1: people, though. I mean, you can't just hit people with, you know, tempura or whatever. That's culturally specific. <laughs> That's very mm-hmm. true.
2: <laughs> just hit, just hit people, hit, hit people with the one thing that everyone around the world can agree on: Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> The reference for Vin Diesel is the same in Japan as it is here. So just find some way to attach him to like a pendulum or, I don't know, spin him around. I think, yeah, just get Vin Diesel to knock somebody off a balance beam and uh, you got a hit on your hands.
3: Have I ever explained to you guys my connoisseurship for films about um, men who should not be raising children who have to raise children? Tell us more.
2: Wait, oh, hold
1: on, J- guy, let's talk about this in a second. I just want right. to say the amazing thing about what happens when a dog farts. Oh, sure. <laughs> is that you really only learn it when the, from smell. So yeah. it's a pure f- fart experience. There's no noises or faces that they're making or whatever. You just live the fart.
2: You live <laughs> in the fart. So, uh, uh, let's get back to Mr. Mom here, yes. guy. I
3: was
2: uh, I was going to say suburban commando. <laughs>
3: The way that, like, painters, when they are proving themselves, all have to do still lifes and stuff, I think that every strong man who tries to be a movie star... Must be forced. And essentially, it has been true. And I would say that the people who most succeeded at their kindergarten cops, at their the pacifiers, have been right. the most value to us. And anytime a John Cena tries to make it through without making a movie where he is a man who is not supposed to raise children, that has to raise children, I feel like we maybe need SAG rules or something in the Academy Awards or just something <laughs> to make sure that this happens.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is kind of funny. When you look at the poster, and like the the kid is so little, and the guy is so big.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we in the Academy, maybe we get this through in the Golden Globes first. So you, uh-huh. know, you have best best performance drama, best performance comedy, best performance uh, strong surrogate dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Best and contrast size. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. They do just keep making that movie. Like I, I was looking at a list of like, so I guess they're kind of starting to cobble together a, um, you know, a way to measure like streaming audiences. Like it's been hard in the past because the networks won't release their numbers, but I think they're figuring out some sort of way. And, um, you know, they, they put out a list of the most streamed movies of the year, uh, And, like, number three is a movie called My Spy, where David Batista does that. And I'm like, wow, that, like, and, you know, fucking 50 or something is Palm Springs, you know, a movie that everyone in our universe saw, but it is dwarfed in relation to My Spy, the David Batista take on Kindergarten Cop.
1: (laughs) My daughter desperately wanted to see My Spy for some reason. I don't know how she found out about it. Uh, I don't know. I I truly don't know how it entered her. And it's not like to her taste. Um, Her taste is almost exclusively the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat
2: movie. (laughs) Um, That's kind of a version of this, right? Instead of strong, it's silly. A sillier adult takes care of kids. Right? I mean, I haven't seen the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat, but uh, right. This is a similar product. What's crazy about...
1: Uh, no, Cat in the Hat is from a genre uh, called Alec Baldwin in a girdle. Mm. <laughs> it's just like a really intense, stylized girdle. Um, so we watched a few minutes of it. That movie is like weirdly intense and brutal. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It is, it is like kindergarten cop, but then there are like full-on intense violence action scenes.
2: Wow. Um but I mean those movies I mean guy you're the you're as the expert on this genre they all don't they all kind of like imitate the action movies of the day a little bit isn't that kind of part of them
3: I think so and I for one personally miss when all of our comedies had to have 12 exploding cars in yeah. them <laughs> like I remember the 1980s. we just blew up a car. I mean, I'm pretty sure when Harry and Sally has just a couple of car
2: flips. Um, <laughs> right and then someone and then it, when someone says, "I'll flip where she's flipping <laughs> it's, oh, the, it's the ultimate button. People talk about the great buttons of comedy and the she is referring to the car.
1: I think we all remember the car flips. I'll have what what she's having. And, of course, that great apartment. That Mm. beautiful loft apartment
2: Mm. that has one of those wagon wheel tables. And Billy Crystal with the beard looking pretty good, right? Yeah. That's just great. um.
3: I mean, I do love that we made that movie at the last possible moment he could be a romantic lead. (laughs) Like, at the last possible moment, and then they tried to make Forget Paris, and everybody was like, Nope.
2: (laughs) It is no longer 1989 or whenever. <laughs> Everybody's just like, G- you knew this was a stretch before. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guy, I have uh, questions uh, beyond uh, Strongman Daddy movies. Uh, because I saw you tweeting about something um, a few days ago and wanted to follow up with you. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know how you like are looking online and you're like, okay, I vaguely know that something's going on. I'm like catching this a few hours late or a few days late, but I know, you know, it's like, okay, I know something's going on with Army Hammer, uh, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, what happened, you know? And so I, I did this with sea shanties, so mm-hmm. can you seem to know more about this? And I purposely didn't look into it more because I wanted to hear from you, one of the most hilarious uh, guys there is. What the f- what, what's going on with sea shanties?
3: Uh, I had the same exact experience as you where people were referencing it on Twitter. And I was like, what's going on? So then I, of course, flew to TikTok. Oh, good. Yes and had to figure out which spelling of shanty we're using. Um, You initially searched
1: for hashtag Tristram Shandy. Oh,
2: sure, right.
3: Uh, Well, sometimes shanty, like, in the song sense, is spelled with a C, uh, but they're doing it with an S, the young people Mm now. Um, Some guy who I think posts um, a lot of sort of, like, Irish music and stuff, he did sort of, like, a solo version of this song, The Wellerman. And then people kept like doing videos where they provided different harmonies to it. So you would get like 12 different people, you know, in this time of extreme separation that 12 people were like in close harmony with each other. you know, uh, talking about having uh, tea and sugar and rum brought to them. Um, and uh, a mythic ship that gets carried off by a whale and to this day is still following that whale. Um, and then it just took off. Yeah,
1: they, I so I, Jordan, I found it because uh, I have a Reddit app on my phone mm-hmm. uh, called Apollo. And on the home screen of it, it suggests every day five different Reddits. Mm-hmm. And that's how I found, for example, parkour, which is dog parkour. Okay. Um, N- what? Yeah, it's like dogs jumping off of walls up onto top onto the top of walls and, and uh, like running through playground play equipment and stuff. It's really great.
3: That's very exciting.
2: Are they do Are they trained to do it, or is this just like dog zoomies? Both. Okay. Both.
1: Uh, sometimes it's like full. Sometimes it's regular, like dog agility stuff, but out in the world. And then sometimes it's just dogs doing a crazy thing. Okay. Because <laughs> dogs have tiny brains and and powerful bodies.
2: There is a whole. There is a speaking of subreddits and this. There is a whole subreddit devoted to the concept of the zoomies and it fucking rules. It is just, and it is not just dogs, but there are pig zoomies. There are squirrel zoomies. Uh, you know, the, the zoomie being the like thing where the animal just goes crazy for some reason and starts running around and then immediately stops and goes to sleep. Like, uh, the amount of the different animals that can get the zoomies is mind-boggling. I felt like I've been so close-minded thinking it was just dogs and, like, occasionally cats after they shit. But it's like, it anything can have the zoomies, guys. Anyway, that's all. Um, so uh,
1: it suggested to me a Reddit called Sea Shanties. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I wanted to uh, click on the Sea Shanties Reddit. Now, Sea Shanties Reddit has existed since 2011, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it has almost 80,000 members, and you would think it would be discussion about Sea Shanties, Uh, but now, I I looked at it, it's all shanty memes. Mm. Like, what's an
2: example of a
1: shanty meme? Like the... Oh, just it's like uh like for example, uh you know the uh the picture of uh Steve Buscemi and he's in a high school hallway and he's got the two skateboards oh, yeah, from, sure, 30, from Rock. Thirty Rock. Sure. Uh in this one it's like that, but over his shoulder he has a paddle and he's wearing one of those captain hats <laughs> and it says, How do you do, fellow seafarers? <laughs> it's
2: pretty good. Um <laughs>
1: Uh, and that's under the headline, me laughing along to sea shanty memes after only listening to the two songs mentioned in this sub, which, by the way, are the <laughs> Wellerman and uh, and uh, uh, what do you do with the drunken sailor? Oh, yeah. There's one that's like all these swords. I don't know what this is originally from, but it's like, it's like knights and kings, and they've all got their swords pointing into the center of a circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's like each each person with a sword is labeled and it says like TikTok Zoomers Sea Shanty Vets Nautical Geeks My Roommate uh, Elderly Gentleman in the Pub People at the Ren Fair uh, Bartholomew the Immortal 19th Century Sailor uh, Navy Members uh, Literally Everyone and they're all pointing in the center and in the center it says Wellerman Slaps (laughs) (laughs) But guy this is the thing so this song, The Wellerman, which this mm-hmm. Scottish, he's a Scottish guy, I think, this guy who's singing it. But, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's, it, is a, it is a beautiful song. Soon may the Wellerman come and bring me sugar and tea and rum. And it's a gorgeous song. To me, it's a great song. And it's got that nice, it's got that nice kind of uh, creepy Celtic quality to it. Uh, that's that i like um and it's great to hear the people sing harmony but agree or disagree guy the real magic of this is the basso profundos like it's great to hear a tenor chime in with a harmony but like people that can actually sing bass in a functionally melodic way it is
3: extraordinary Okay, Jesse, here's what I'm going to say to you. I'm going to say for the first 20 years after the communist revolution in Russia, the country was torn apart by the question of are workers of hand the only workers or are workers of mind also Mm -hmm. workers? And I think that sea shanties are having a moment because they are about collective action. They are uh, for timing people working together and their beauty is in people working together. And I am going to say yes the, the bass is extremely showy, but I'm going to say everyone who contributes is contributing. And there have been a couple of videos I saw um, where women and people with higher voices uh, did stuff that was really cool. But I also don't understand music and have terrible taste in it.
1: <laughs> I, I'll say this. When I, uh, when I saw this video, I looked up the ukulele chords. Because uh, I have a ukulele here, and I was like, "Oh, I, I could learn those." There's a the chord. Oh yeah,
2: maybe this is you've been you've been looking to break into TikTok, haven't you, Jesse? This is like a big goal for you this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I've been working. Prime. My main goal for this year is just uh, is the twitching my uh, Mario speedruns.
2: Sure. Yeah. But. But you can um, give over say... on ukulele TikTok, or as they call it, talk. Yeah, and
1: then second, I would say my second goal would be broadcasting my sedition on Parler. <laughs> um, okay. But number three, I would say is probably getting getting into TikTok. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I I I went on my like uh, phone, on my music streaming service, and looked for versions of Wellerman, and I have to say. The the thing, all of the commercially available versions that I could find on my phone, the thing that binds them all together is that the people are not very good at singing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and also that just in hearing the song, just hearing the song, you can see in your mind's eye the bad vests that the people performing uh, the song yes. are wearing.
2: Yes, it does seem like uh, it does seem like uh, the interest of a vest enthusiast. Yeah. Um, but the guy who sings the lead in this
1: in this series of TikToks that a guy everyone is harmonizing with, that guy can really blow. He really sounds great. Uh, but honestly, I'm all about the uh, the the red beard daddy in the in the gray cable knit sweater. That's my guy. Mm, uh, guy, do you have a guy in this, or do you, or, or is your radical socialism here that uh, believes uh, all all people are created equal,
3: including all artists? I love the phenomenon generally, and then just imagining the drunken sailor song um, really as a mode of educating new sailors about workplace policies. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right? Time to lean, time to clean, time to lean, time to clean. <laughs> uh, when sea shanties got work, you know, when I remembered that shanties existed, I had a very, very vivid memory of um of high school uh where like one of the cool older kids that let me hang out with them was uh sarah hansen and we would go to sarah hansen's house and uh uh, go in her room and listen to tori amos's little earthquakes and we would eat uh ice cream with um you know the apple cider mix. You know that powdered apple cider mix. Oh. oh yeah, that's nice stuff. Yeah, like a like a hot cocoa powder, but yeah. for, for hot apple cider. So we would eat that on vanilla ice cream. Something I have not done since, but like have a like a beautiful oh, wow. memory of. Um, yeah. And so and also she her family had HBO. So it was the first place I saw Waiting for Guffman, and that was like a big, you know, a big deal for me and then mm. she she had a little brother and his weird little kid thing was Shanties he was a he was a, like a shanty 8-year-old and we would like be you know dicking around and then we would call him in and he would just come in and you know couldn't be more excited to share a shanty and he would just with 10 out of 10 enthusiasm do Way, hey, up she rises, way, hey, up she rises, way, hey, up she rises, early, early in the, the morning. morning. And and we would just fucking freak out. And because we were uh, fucking drama club dipshits in the halls, we would say early in the morning to each other and, uh, and lose our minds at how random we were.
1: <laughs> I spent a night in uh, fifth grade on the Balclutha, mm. uh, a tall ship that is uh, moored in the harbor of the San Francisco Bay. And um, it, we did a whole unit in fifth grade on seafaring things. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we learned knots and stuff. And we had to learn sea shanties for, to be on the, to, to go on this trip, this overnight on this ship we had to learn sea shanties and we had to learn knots and stuff and uh we learned that song and early in the morning has been stuck in my <laughs> mind's eye ever since like 100% ps um uh, there's a sea shanty meme you know the you know the one with the like uh the black guy's big muscle arm and the white guy's big muscle mm-hmm. arm and they're like oh, joined yeah, together sure. in a uh so the the black eyes arm says uh the crew from the Wellerman sea shanty from the sea shanty the Wellerman. Uh the white guy's arm says me with tinder dates and then up in the top where their hands are joining it says when the tugin is done we'll take our leave and go. <laughs> it's just fun dank memes. Yeah, you know? that
2: sound pretty dank. Um I
3: have I have a question about cultural magnetic force um which is uh Jesse. um Yeah. Did you guys go to Sutter's Fort?
1: No, but you, so Guy grew up, for the at-home listener, Guy grew up in Northern California, but he grew up in proper Northern California uh, in the sacra, in the greater Sacramento area, yes. in the rural areas surrounding Sacramento.
3: And I, I um, deep hope that the significant place of Sutter's Fort would have had enough power to reach past all, like, the the cultural mass of San Francisco, but no
1: no i think the monterey bay aquarium yes sutter's fort no that's your things that are two hours from san francisco uh, (laughs) and whether they were good enough
2: to get me to go to them when i was nine yeah tell us about sutter's fort what it was like a it was like a field trip destination for you
3: uh yes everyone went thoroughly boring sincerely nothing happens Hmm. like uh you go there they tell you the gold story that they've told you a thousand times um I'm told now that maybe they make um period bread for you, but not not in my day. You just walked around in empty space, and people <laughs> talked at you and as somebody who i mean as nine year olds went, I loved a goddamn museum and i I found nothing appealing about it
2: <laughs> what what were what were the like what were the good field trips? what were the ones you looked forward to? Wait I have a wait. Hold on. That's a bigger topic, but
1: I want to ask a follow up, a direct follow up to this. Okay. Did you ever pan for gold on a field
3: trip? Um. No. My. Oh yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. Of course, I did. <laughs> there you go. Most of my most of my panning for gold was with my grandmother's second husband. Um, <laughs> it was one, it was one of his hobbies. But uh, I mean, Jordan, thank you so much for asking. Uh, the best field trip I was taken on as a child was to the Gurdwara, the Sikh temple that was, like, just down the street from my house. Um, oh, it was snap! Like, I had been asking my mother questions about that place since I had been able to talk. And finally, all your questions answered. And if you know anything about Gurdwaras, you know that every Gurdwara has a functioning cafeteria that has to feed anyone who calls a common. Um, well, hell comes yeah, so hospitality is part of their faith. Yes, and so it all ended with like lovely indian meal and then what do they cap it off with the six sacramental food is an equal is equal portions of flour, butter and sugar mixed together and then left in front of their holy book yes their matza <laughs> their communion wafer is shortbread dough wow <laughs> Now there's a religion, huh? I mean, I, as an eight year old, was like, sign me the fuck up. How do I (laughs) join this?
1: Oh, man, that really is. Like, I was just, I was sincerely this week. In the shower, thinking when uh, when COVID is over and I can take my children places, I gotta take. I gotta find out where the sick temple is because I've never been to one and I've always heard about what a wonderful experience it is to
3: visit one. I believe the oldest one in the United States is the one that's in Los Feliz, on Vermont. I was Ooh, told wow, that. I don't know if it's true, but um, yeah, go there for longer. It's yeah, great.
2: They, they still do the free dough thing.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they serve you food. I don't know if. It's tra- like i I don't know if it was weird that they gave us their sacramental food. It's not like somebody touring a cathedral would get the communion wafer, you know, right. um yeah, but like Katsba City, there are no rules.
2: <laughs> it's anarchy,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, I feel like I see it, when I see a sick dude walking down the street i uh I always feel embarrassed uh that I am not as handsome and put together as that dude, like. I, I feel like uh, the whole situation uh, just makes it just looks sharp. Like it looks like your act is together. And it might be the confidence that comes from uh, carrying a, a secret symbolic religious dagger <laughs> inside your pants. Um, but I feel like it, I also just feel like uh, it is a group of very like uh, handsome and elegant people.
3: <laughs> I never thought about it before, but, like, it really is very suited to your tastes. Like, I mean, (laughs) it's a religion that, like, (laughs) mandates, like, four accessories. Um, Not that you come over-accessorized, but, like, if you had a reason that you had to be wearing bracelets all the time and, like, a a beautifully wrapped, like, head covering, yes.
1: I know. Me and Andre 3000 are, like, looking into signing up. (laughs)
2: Uh, Guy, another Twitter thing I wanted to ask you about. I saw you uh, make a slow gin fizz and hold it up on Twitter. And the, me seeing your tweet about it made me realize that it was not SLOW gin fizz, but it was SLOE and it is like a weird fig or something. I, I, had, I, like, I knew this drink, but I didn't know that it was like some sort of some sort of like old time fig or something.
3: It's a super tiny prune Oh, okay <laughs> Super um, tiny prune huh? They're so tiny, like you can't do anything productive with them Except shove them in alcohol and let the alcohol do its job So but you, I have have, been,
2: you have slows on hand?
3: I do not have slows on hand I just bought slow gin um, oh okay. And it was very exciting. But Jesse, I don't even know if I've ever told this to you. It's my most northern California dream, which is the only reason that I would have told it to you. Uh huh. Every year, uh, like most years, I make nocino, which is um, a walnut liqueur from the green walnuts from my mom's tree. And like my my secret like third act dream is that I go back to Yuba City uh, and start making like a small batch. Um, Nocino, and then like it takes off in San Francisco, and then you know that's my Coppola winery. Hmm. Um, <laughs> oh my God, yes! But gotta the get your slow trope, here we come. <laughs> the the slow gins made me think. Well, sl- one wouldn't grow slows in California because better things grow here. Slows are only for like shitty Europe that doesn't get enough sunlight. But I could make <laughs> oh. damson gin, and then suddenly. Like my my niche liqueur empire exploded in my mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now yeah, in in Europe they're making uh they're making uh, liqueurs out of rocket, which is what they call arugula. <laughs> Are you serious? I don't know. This just seems <laughs> <Probably>. like something <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, That's
3: very plausible.
1: To <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I uh I've been watching the new All Creatures Great and Small. Uh huh. Um, and it's pretty good. I I like it. Uh, I I mean, it's hard to compete with the original great, All Creatures Great and Small in my heart, which is you know one of my favorite television shows ever, um, and I would argue uh, the greatest trouser show of all time. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be honest the new the new All Creatures Great and Small cannot compete uh, in the trouser department. But it does it. One thing it has going for it is they made the housekeeper Missus Hall super foxy.
2: Oh. Um, so it's kind of like a, it's just like a riverdale situation <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah i mean Hel- helen uh, uh uh james harriet's wife i i think she's super foxy in the original one uh, but she's pretty extraordinarily super foxy in the new one. and
2: all the cows uh, but th- these cows fuck <laughs> <laughs> these cows there is fuck a bull- <laughs>
1: There is a bull in, uh, in series one of the new All Creatures Great and Small that is some kind of, uh, that is some kind of bull that is probably n- native to, uh, that part of England, the Yorkshire Dales. Um, and, uh, I, it came on screen. It has kind of like short wavy hair, like it was in De Barge or something. And, uh... <laughs> And, uh, and I saw this on this, I saw this cow on the screen and I, I turned to my wife and I said, have you ever seen a more beautiful bovine? It was gorgeous. This beast was gorgeous, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. Yeah. It's like, like the new fuckable Jughead, (laughs) but a cow. In, in all creatures, great and small, both the books and the shows uh, there's a lot of James Harriet, country veterinarian, will will go to help an animal on a farm. and the conflict, such as it is, will be that the farmer and his wife uh, want to feed him so much that he eats until he's sick. <laughs> um, like that is like one of the big main conflicts in the show is like some is so and so wants him to eat too many sausages. But what's crazy is, on the, on the original show, from 1978 to 1980 and 1988 to 1990, um, it, it, like it's standard definition, and the interiors are all, always shot on video, and it's just, you can't really see anything that's happening. Like, it really looks like, anybody who's seen Are You Being Served is aware of the sort of vague, you know, sure. well, you're... gravy-colored...
2: When you're watching Money Python and it cuts from a, um, a a a in front of a studio audience sketch to a taped piece, and that taped piece is indecipherable.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> only I think it's sort of it's like a little bit the other way around on this because the uh, uh, the outdoor stuff looks like a, a pretty good looking movie from the seventies. <laughs> um, like a like the dawn of American independent cinema. Mm. Uh, you know, like it looks like shampoo or something. Um it's like a little gritty but but still pretty pretty good looking and the interior just looks like uh just looks like they made it on some they some cameras they they found in a storage room at a community television station. Um but so you can't really see anything. On the new show it's gorgeous. Everything's HD as you would imagine. It's beautifully shot. But there's all these scenes that are about too much food being served. And what it really drives home is that like in like the sumptuous feasts of 1930s England, like all they, the only food they have basically is roast beef with gravy and like turnips. (laughs) (laughs) It's just these, these gelatinous brown piles. And they're like grabbing like four Yorkshire puddings, you know, and like Yorkshire puddings is not anything. It is amazing how not anything these amazing oh, yeah. foods to them are. Great to Great us.
2: Britain loves their brown. They love brown. They, they have a <laughs> sauce that is, if, the, if your food isn't brown enough, there is a sauce that you can put on it to add more brown to your brown meal. Okay. They're never afraid to ask what brown can do for them.
3: Hmm. The, <laughs> the The week of Thanksgiving... I did a zoom show in England and they all wanted to talk shit about Thanksgiving food. And I was like, fuck you. Like (laughs) Thanksgiving (laughs) is our brownest national meal. You don't get to talk shit about that when it is, if anything, an homage to your culture, just with more squash.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like England where, where Jamie Oliver invented like, uh, invented, like, a, a pretty good pub burger, like, 11 years ago. Yeah. And that was, like, the first—that w- that was the first uh, non-French gourmet food in England. Uh, like, I don't think they get to make fun of—they uh, uh, get to make fun of uh, whatever uh, uh, yams, w- y- sweet potatoes with, uh, with little marshmallows in it or whatever. But, like, well, here's the thing. I love brown food. And mm-hmm. even in that context— Ooh, is what I have to say about these piles of food. <laughs> uh,
2: speaking of food things on PBS, I was watching a little uh, Rick Steves the other day. A little Rick Steves goes to uh, Italy.
3: I mean, Rick Steves oh, is, the, is the answer to quarantine. Like, just yeah, let me take really a is. half an hour of a gentle trip.
1: Uh, yeah. That and is I, a dream. That's and even, you've really topped my... I've been watching Julia and Jacques, oh, and uh, you got me beat with with Ricky Steves. I mean, if if either Julia or Jacques were America's most prominent marijuana activist. <laughs> sure.
2: So, I was watching this so and I in my like, you know, oh, I'm I'm stuck in here and I can't do anything. The thing I kick myself about is like you know I I I've always wanted to go to Rome I've always wanted to go to Italy I haven't done it you know what if what if society collapses and I never do it so I get I, so I watch Rick Steves do it and I you know it's it's just yeah beautiful relaxing show you don't have to fully pay attention to it it's nice it's pleasant um, and I saw there was one you know him having dinner with a you know Italian food expert and you know some sort of like you know. Famous Italian, you know, place with authentic cooking. And, you know, and the guy is being a little bit, like, snobby about who can come in there and, like, who would appreciate this food and who wouldn't. Like, who is this food for? And he's like, this food, it is not for someone who would listen to rock and roll. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this guy, and this is this was a pretty new one. It was in HD, so it was shot in the, you know, 2010s. This guy's. This guy's frame of reference for, like, a tough or a roustabout is still someone who listens to ugh, rock and roll. Like, he like he is just stuck in a, like, world where James Dean is, like, a tough, is, like, the example of a young tough. It was so weird. It's But, like, Jordan, not even
1: James Dean, whoever the Italian James Dean is. <laughs> right. Like, you know that guy who's, like, the French Elvis, you know, or, like... <laughs> Or, like, those, like, skiffle stars of England oh, yeah, in 1958. Sure.
2: <laughs> That's who he thinks is sort of a rock and roll guy. It's not even James Dean. Um, and then I was, I was uh, just yesterday, I was flipping past PBS on just the, the channel guide. And I'm like, oh, Rick Steves is on. <laughs> and the, the byline was Rick Steves colon fascism in Europe. I I did not stop. I don't think that's because I'm like you're the fucking relaxation guy. I don't want to hear you explain fascism to me. The whole th- anyway, he, he, stay in your lane, Steve. Stay in your lane. Someone else can explain fascism to me. I just want you to like eat a risotto.
3: The thing is, is I'm willing to bet that for at least a portion of that fascism episode, he was on a river cruise, and that to me. <laughs> would like lighten it up a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it would be like a a relaxing explanation of fascism.
1: Do you think Rick Steves travels with trees or do you think
2: he's just got the plug in every spot?
3: (laughs) That's a really great question.
2: Very good question. Who's Rick Steves' hookup when he goes to, uh, you know, south of France? Yeah. Actually, I I didn't know that about him. I didn't know that he was a marijuana guy. Oh,
1: Rick Steves is... I know this because Rick Steves has a public radio show. Mm. Uh, And so there's Rick Steves' stuff. And Rick Steves' public radio show I don't think is all that popular, but it has some budget because of Rick Steves and his brand and his public TV success. So uh, it's just like when you go to the public radio conference, that and this show called Bird Note, Mm. uh, which is like a three-minute show about bird calls, (laughs) uh, those are like everywhere when you're at the public radio conference. Uh, for a while, Sandra Tsing-Loh uh, did a, a public radio show that was one of those three-minute things, and she would always be around doing uh, busking, basically. <laughs> Sandra Tsing-Loh busking. Um, but, and Bird Note brings raptors, which is honestly is really great. Yeah. Right. Um, Can I say something but, terrible? Uh, Very please,
2: briefly. Yeah, say it. Say uh, it now.
3: <laughs> um, Sandra tsing is Los Angeles' Fran Leibovitz. And, <laughs> and that's what's wrong with our city. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Wow. That's why thats why you ask a guy, Branham, to be on your podcast. This is why.
1: That's the level of insight that we get from GB. Okay, so what I was going <laughs> to... What I was going to say about Rick Steves is, so he's always in the public 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 media news, you know? And that is his main thing, other than traveling, is the legalization of marijuana. And he's been on it for 20 years. He's a huge donor. He, like, speaks at every rally. Uh, like, he really is the biggest deal in marijuana legalization. He's, like, the only... I mean, like, obviously, Willie Nelson... But, like, he's the only, he's like the, he's the face of marijuana legalization among, like, serious, boring people.
2: Yeah, I know I, I, it. He doesn't, he doesn't come off as, he doesn't come off as a stoner on that. I'm, I, but maybe I need, maybe I just have a, you know, preconceived notion of what a stoner is that I need to re-examine. Well, I would know. I'm the <laughs> king of drugs, Jordan. Right, I do. I know that. You've been very clear about being the king of drugs. And uh, you're fucked up right now, aren't you? Aren't you, Jesse? Come on. yeah. Just, get... I'm fucking Kelsey Grammer in this thing. <laughs> I'm high as a kite, but I'm nailing every
3: take. That's true. Him coming strongly against the growth of fascism in America made me love him a great deal. And also the story when he got his um, wallet snagged in Portugal and was like, yeah, it happened to me. I really thought that that was the sweetest fucking thing on the planet.
2: (laughs) Um, Guy, can I go back to your dream of owning the distillery? Yes. Uh, In this fantasy that you have, is this Uh you fleeing showbiz for a simpler life? Or do you keep your successful showbiz career and but but split it between the distillery? Or do you like, you know, get someone to run the distillery for you and you're just kind of the face of it?
3: The idea is that I have dusted off my hands of entertainment and like, Mm -hmm. this is my third act and this is what I was, I'm doing. And the thing is, is like, I would truly never do it because I don't want to spend my time there. Like the, the thing is, is part of me does sort of just over the mountains, you've got like Napa and Marin and you have these like places where the niche, where the agriculture is pushing along food and tourism and lodging in such a way that is like so good for their economy. And I'm a little bit like, why can't my lovely home have that same thing? Um, And the answer is just because it's a lovely little trash bin and it's mine and not everything needs to be gentrified guy. Um, And I will go back there and love it forever and understand that the best restaurant is going to continue to be like, uh a takaria an indian place or olive garden <laughs>
1: uh guy i'm kind of bummed to hear about this plan for your third act because i always thought you would come work with me at the antique store <laughs> it's the kind of antique store where you don't sell much you mostly just sit there and read a book or
2: watch public television <laughs> i mean and guy i thought you were going to join me at my third act drowning in a water park <laughs> Come on, man. You got to okay, okay, choose. Okay. Got
1: to choose. We'll take, we're going to take a quick break. The tongue is done. We have to take our leave and go. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Goh.
2: I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: Guy Branham, horizontal blind owner.
2: <laughs> Congratulations on those blinds, by the way, man. I know that's, that's been, I mean, I, I'm learning now about the distillery dream, but I mean, your dream to own horizontal blinds. It's, I mean, it's just what you've been working to.
3: Congratulations. I mean, they are thick and they are wood and they do insulation work during the summers. Now they're just breezing <laughs> along.
1: Sure. You're talking about woodies? Yep. That's
3: nice. Yeah. This is a premium window treatment guy. Congratulations. It really is. They are, and I cannot emphasize this enough, heavy. <laughs> I have, uh, they're
1: thick daddies, huh? Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have some good news here. Um, I just received a text message from my wife. Mm, let's uh, she's upstairs with my uh, daughter, Gracie, who's about to fall asleep, or hopefully has fallen asleep by now. Uh, she just said uh, she just got a new baby Yoda. You know this guy Baby Yoda from television's the Mandochlorian? <laughs> sure, yes. I mean I know yeah, about him from guy. you. But. Yeah, this little guy's not the real Yoda, but uh, you know if he keeps eating those fish eggs, I don't <laughs> care. It's fun, you know. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, she got this baby Yoda, and uh, oh, uh, I baby... know.
2: I'm sorry. I know him as the child. Yes. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. I. Only know him by his designated Disney name, the Child. Uh,
1: uh, Gracie said uh, her baby Yoda was using the Force to make sure that our recording went well.
2: Oh. Well, he fucked up. <laughs> Send that thing back because it is defective.
1: Just, just like when he genocided those frog eggs. Another, another black mark on the record. It was just of a couple Yoda. of
2: frog eggs. Not a genocide. All right. we the snowf- last frog okay, eggs. Snowflake. You can't handle a few from <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't care about the frog eggs. Uh,
3: I've, um, I've spent my entire life trying to get my mother a gift that she would enjoy and not try to give back to me. Um, mm. I had never succeeded. <laughs> and then I got her uh, a top-of-the-line Baby Yoda. And uh, <laughs> wow. what a happy woman. What a happy <laughs> woman.
2: Is your mom a Star Wars fan, or is she just but part of baby Otomania.
3: She raises my niece. And so my niece is like constantly exposing her to like genre stuff or anime. And then there's just the weird stuff that my mom walks away from. And it's like, I adore that. She watched, she watched <laughs> a fucking anime on HBO max last night. Who is this woman?
2: wow so she's <laughs> watching like uh, berserk guts Roll rage
3: <laughs> it was it was something uh deeply emotional and uh, a woman was in love with a water spirit which i believe is most oh an-
2: this is weathering this is weathering with you i've seen that it's great that's a nice that's a nice anime to watch with mom
1: <laughs> what jordan what would you say are your top three animes to watch with
2: mom Okay, Um, weathering with you, definitely one. I mean, I watched Grave of the Fireflies with my mom when I was in like uh, 10th grade or something. Sure. I did go to see um Princess Mononoke. I went to see that with Nathaniel Chapman and his mom in high school. Oh, uh, Nathaniel Chapman's mom was an Emmy Award winning animation director. Oh gosh, sorry. I, I totally confused <laughs> I totally confused our college friend with my high school friend, a similar man, Eric Fromadig. Eric Fromadig's mom. I'm sorry, I confused him with our college buddy, Nathaniel Chapman. Oh man. These are men with similar energies. I
1: knew Nathaniel's mom. She was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hung out a few times with Nathaniel's mom. Not to brag, but she worked on Pinky in the
2: Brain. <laughs> oh, pretty good. Um, so yeah. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my top three animes to see with your mom. Um, I'm gonna say Weathering with You. I'm gonna say Princess Mononoke. And then I'm gonna say mm, probably Death Note. Let's go Death Note. Anyway, <laughs> these are my three. Animes to see with mom. Um,
3: Jordan, I am, yes. I am uh, saddened to notify you uh, that it was not weathering with you. It was Ride Your Wave, a different 2019 anime about a woman who falls in love with the water. <laughs> <spirit>. <laughs>
2: so, this, you know, this is like how over here we'll have like two asteroid movies come out in a year. <laughs>
1: well, guys, let's get on with the program here because we have something very exciting that's about to happen. Guy Branham, last week on the program, our friend Joel Kim Booster suggested a new segment on the show, which is uh, someone called in for a, for a segment that does not exist on our program. Okay. They said, I'm calling in for Kids Say the Darnedest Things, which is not something that we do on our show. Uh, and, but we just went with it. And I don't remember what the kids said, but darn if it wasn't darnedest. <laughs> so Joel suggested... A wonderful suggestion, which is if you come strong to the hoop, I don't think he used the team sports metaphor, but if you (laughs) if you are really committed and you call in for a segment that doesn't exist on the show, you can call in for that segment. But you just have to be clear eyed and uh, and deliver the goods. Yes. So we have some callers calling in for segments on the show that heretofore do not exist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to go to the telephones.
2: Hello, Jordan, Jeffy, and guests. Uh, this is Eric in Nashville, and I'm calling in to uh, report for your famous segment. How many mailboxes did I see today? And the answer
1: is eight. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That's a good segment.
2: So, how many mailboxes did you guys see today? Let's go around the horn. I don't
3: think I saw more than two mailboxes, Jordan it's it's quarantine i think i saw two or fewer i mean that's a that's a really good segment for our time i mean if you're right. in double digits it means you've had a day
2: yeah
3: <laughs> or live in a large apartment building
2: yeah you got to take excitement where you can get it yeah uh, Or maybe you're a postal worker although i guess then nice i guess seeing eight mailboxes is not that high
1: yeah that's yeah that seems like a it seems like something horrible has happened yeah you're slacking off or something even if you work in the in the in the post office itself, I think those boxes are still called mailboxes, right?
2: Uh, I think so. I mean, maybe they call them like MBs or like twenty-one fours or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Twenty-one fours <laughs> is what uh, postal workers call clothespins. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: let's take another segment.
0: Uh, hello. Steven from Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm
2: calling about the, the segment about what pop culture dog you would bring back to life if you could. <laughs> and I'd have to go with Skippy. Uh, Skippy is the dog from The Thin Man.
3: Oh. And
2: uh, he was in a bunch of other movies, but I don't I don't remember what they are. But he was a cool dog, and he was pretty famous at the time. he
1: so that that would be my thing. Thank you. This is a great segment.
2: Very good. This mm-hmm. has legs, <laughs> four to be specific. I think,
1: <laughs> I think anybody who goes with anything other than Benji is fucking gutsy as hell.
3: Mm, yeah. Well, also he he didn't he didn't say the character's name. He said the dog actor's name, yeah. which floored me. I'm sorry for interrupting.
1: I mean, sometimes I think Benji's real name maybe is Benji. Uh, yes. At least the original Benji. I think Rin Tintin's real name was Rin Tin Tin. Um, you know, another dog that you could think about is the dog from Air Bud. I don't know that dog's name off the top of my head, but I recently learned that the movie Air Bud was written as an Air Bud vehicle. <laughs> Someone saw the dog doing playing basketball
2: and thought, should make a movie about this. I bet I could (laughs) hire that dog. So the dog was uh, relaxing by the pool at the Chateau Marmont one day, and an (laughs) (laughs) agent comes up and says, I'm gonna make you a star, kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The dog stays in the picture. Right. Uh, I mean, the obvious answer to this uh, is Oni, uh, the post office dog, um, who is taxidermied at the Postal Museum in Washington, D.C., wearing his vest of medals that various postmasters gave him. Uh, as he rode the mm. rails from town to town, being cared for uh, on postal trains.
2: Let me ask you this. If yeah. we choose Rover Dangerfield, the cartoon dog with the voice of Rodney Dangerfield, does Rodney Dangerfield also come back to life? <laughs> Worth exploring, I think. Worth exploring. Mm. Or maybe it's just Todd Glass talking like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a great bit. It's good as good as it bit. gets
2: yeah so i'm gonna say rover dangerfield uh with the caveat that it also brings rodney dangerfield back to life it's like a pet cemetery situation
3: guy you gotta pick um the just the thing is is like i'm not gonna pick because i want the cat who went to space from the disney movie the cat who went to space to come back to life <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna waste a pet resurrection like wish on this if there might come Cut. other pet resurrection options in the future
2: Wait, what's the what's the cat who went to space? I have not heard of this. It's the cat from outer space. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry.
3: Yes, it's a cat who's an alien and I think needs gold for some reason to repair her ship. <laughs> and don't, then,
2: don't we all, huh?
3: Yes. Two children and Sandy Duncan help her.
1: That's good. I'll tell you what. I, I got an eight-year-old upstairs who would have a very, very easy time deciding this one. And I know what mm-hmm. you're thinking. Mike Myers as the cat in the hat. Uh, but <laughs> the, Mike Myers says the cat in the hat is not dead he will live on forever in our hearts
2: right uh, really. oh good yeah
1: the The answer here is the shaggy DA
3: mm. <laughs> oh
1: the 1970s sequel to the 1960s Disney comedy classic The Shaggy Dog
3: yeah
1: uh, he gets, tries to get elected district attorney and there's a whole like music man style uh, patter song about running for DA as a dog it's great <laughs>
3: That's wonderful.
2: It's good get kids interested in local government, you know? Yeah. Think, think globally, act locally. Let's take one more call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guest.
1: I'm going to guess it's the cat that says, well, hi, in, in a southern accent. Close. Uh, this is Thomas in Des Moines uh, calling in regarding this segment, Updates from My Neighbor Gary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My neighbor Gary is going to have his work published in the Los Angeles Times, his third ever crossword puzzle. as you know from previous segments uh back in episode 207 he was published in the new york times and then the wall street journal um this one is going to be a saturday puzzle and no theme so it'll be a bit of a challenge um and last but not least this doesn't come out till june this crossword so i hope i'm not breaking any embargoes uh love the show and and hope i can keep sending in more updates from my neighbor gary (laughs) yeah thanks thomas I think Thomas used to work for us. I think that was I think that was our our former intern long long ago, intern Thomas, a lovely man.
3: Oh wow! Uh,
2: yeah. I'm surprised to hear that they plan crosswords that far in advance. <laughs> I mean, you can't just make them up willy nilly on the spot, Jordan. But like, what if something happens in the news to like make a clue irrelevant or something like that? You know? Oh, like this this president who's who's never led an insurrection. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs>
3: I mean, I think that that's like you have to do it that far ahead of time just for the exhaustive fact checking process that they go through that we no longer do to any other journalism, but <laughs> only crossword puzzles. now. <laughs> right? Like it's the only institution we have left. Well, crossword puzzles and the New Yorker.
1: right? <laughs> and of course, the New Yorker cartoon caption contest.
2: <laughs> Rigorously fact checked. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh dogs can't talk, so that's gonna be a problem.
2: <laughs> sure. Uh Office Man is on the ceiling. <laughs> that can't happen. Uh, if you have a segment for our show, give us a
1: call, 206-984-4Fun, or send us a voice memo at JJGO at org. Or if something momentous happens to you, do this do the same thing. 206-984-4Fun or JJGO at maximum dot org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go.
2: Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of.
0: Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives.
3: Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince Joni Mitchell and so much more.
2: What's that show called again?
0: Heat Rocks Deep Dives Into Hot Records.
3: Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. La,
2: la, 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 la.
3: It's like, guess who's coming to dinner meets cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record
2: each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here?
3: Iffy, quick, start flexing. Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. La, la, la.
1: It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
3: Uh, Guy Branham, low intermediate French student.
1: <laughs> oh, somebody got themselves an app. <laughs> and now they can order themselves an app.
2: Can you can you give us some common French phrases that you know? Uh, um, that might be helpful.
3: Je voudrais des escargots. That is... Uh, I would like the escargot. That is ordering an app. <laughs> mm. I was ordering it as an app. Hey, pretty good. Escargot
1: is those uh, those fucking snails that the frogs eat. Oh, boy. <laughs> also,
3: did I say des escargot? You have to pronounce the final... Consonant on a word before a word that begins with a vowel, and Jean Guillaume, my instructor, loves to yell at me about it.
2: I apologize, but you will be getting people correcting your French pronunciation on Twitter. <laughs> RIP your mentions. Sorry, I'll teach you to come on this show. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and it's not like we haven't all had that
1: problem. I have that same thing. I get yelled at by my French instructor, Robert Guillaume. <laughs> from Benson. All R. I. right. RIP my menches. RIP Robert Guillaume.
2: <laughs> Two titans, Robert Guillaume and your menches.
3: <laughs> Jesse, I've been taking down the first season of a lot of 80s sitcoms this quarantine <laughs> It's it's been real satisfying.
2: Uh hey, I know we've got we've we've gone through a lot of popular segments on the show today. Um, my neighbor Gary, how many mailboxes have I seen? <laughs> Zombie movie dogs. But I have, a I I before we go, I wanted to do another segment that I think is, is, is become the, a real fan favorite um, over the past couple months. Uh, no, I'm not talking about hanging up, keep it up. No, I'm not talking about a visit from infectious disease expert Anthony Fauci. <laughs> I'm talking about reading off the names of independent bookstores where people have told me they have ordered the Bubble graphic novel. Guys, are you ready for this high-octane fan-favorite segment? We should explain that there is an upcoming graphic novel adaptation of
1: the smash hit podcast uh, created by Jordan Morris, and it is written by Jordan Morris with Jordan Jesse Goh, regular, beloved, regular
2: Sarah Morgan, and featuring art from famous comic book people yeah, we got art by the great Tony Cliff and colors by Natalie Reese, Yeah, he of the Delilah Dirk books, she of the Dungeon Critters books. Uh, those are two other great comics that you should uh, really check out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's available for pre-order now. And Jordan will shout it out if you tell him about it on Twitter. What do we got, Jordan? Yeah, hit me on Twitter, hit me on the Insta, slide into those DMs. If you see me on the street, you can tell me about it too. Uh... Big, a lot of, a lot of great pre-ordering going on from a lot of great uh, shops. Uh, more than one person has pre-ordered from the Avid Reader in Davis, California. Avid Reader in Davis, oh. California. Oh. Shout out to the, they call that Branham country. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> have you been
2: to the Avid Reader guy? I have not. Well, next time you're in Davis, California, head on over and get yourself a copy of Bubble. Have you ever been to the UC Davis Agricultural Products store? Of course. Okay, there you go. They Uh, got their own cheese and sausages. uh, We got bookmarks in Winston Salem, North Carolina, Uh, ampersand books in uh, Rochester, uh, New York, there. Uh, Bridgeside Books in Waterbury, Vermont, Uh, Comic-Kazi in Somerville, Massachusetts, and Unlikely Story in Plainville, Massachusetts. In general, Massachusetts overrepresented in this segment. Uh, A lot of good Mm pre-ordering going on in Massachusetts. Some call it the best state. A
1: lot of overeducated people. With cold winters.
2: Yeah, I got to stay inside with a nice graphic novel. Um, the Tiny mm-hmm. Bookstore in Pittsburgh, PA. Terrace Books in uh, good old Brooklyn. Russo's Books in Bakersfield, California. Um, oh. That's nice. Uh, do a little tubing. Yeah. Get yourself some books at Russo's. Uh, sure. River Bend Bookshop in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Uh, loyalty Bookstores in Silver Spring, What's M.D.? Maryland? Maryland. <laughs> Maryland. Silver Spring, Maryland. Silver Spring, a, Spring Maryland. the suburbs of Washington, D.C., yeah. Ah, this is going to be fun to say. Book and game in Walla Walla, Washington. Uh, oh, that is fun. It mm-hmm. was a treat. Book and game. Auntie's Bookstore in, uh, I'm told, beautiful downtown Spokane, Washington. Uh, Mysterious Galaxy Books in San Diego, California. That's nice, uh, Doing shopping for comics at the home of Comic-Con. Mysterious Galaxy Books. Uh, Joseph Fox Bookstore in Philadelphia, PA. Uh, Trident Bookstore, and you guessed it, Boston, Massachusetts. And, of course, Labyrinth Books in Princeton, New Jersey. Wow. A lot of great shops uh, a lot of great people pre-ordering bubble really th- thank you to everybody who's doing it. it like is very important that a book get pre-ordered a lot so yeah thank you to everybody who's doing it and if you uh if you have pre-ordered from your local shop let me know and i'll shout them out hello jordan oh no it's uh, it's it looks like it's time for another fan favorite segment I ordered your book. I ordered,
1: hello, hello, Guy, it's me, Dr. Fauci. Guy, I
2: don't know how, I don't know if you've been listening to the show lately, but infectious disease expert Dr. Anthony Fauci stops by from time to time, and his voice is a little different than uh, maybe it is if you listen to it on TV. It's a,
3: it's a. It sounds perfectly correct to me. How are you doing, Dr. (laughs) Fauci? Guy,
1: my voice is a little different, even from previous appearances on this program. (laughs) I'll tell you why. Someone told me it was a little too high pitched and was pretty annoying and I took the note.
2: <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci, a great a great collaborator.
1: Jordan, first of all, I want to let you know that I pre-ordered your bubble Oh, Thank you, doctor. I ordered doctor. it from Politics in Prose in Washington D.C. Oh. where I'm a pitcher for the
2: Washington National. <laughs> okay, I think you just threw out that one first pitch, but uh you know, I'm going to stop correcting you on that. Uh yeah. In the closer. <laughs> Opening day. Uh so, Doc, I didn't know you were a you were a comic reader. Are you do you like graphic novels? Do you like superhero comics? What do you what do you like to read? I love everything. I love floppies. I love manga. Oh <laughs> wow. I love it all. <laughs> i had no
1: idea i love everything my favorite is the new babysitter's club (laughs) oh
2: i don't know if is that a comic i don't know maybe they maybe they do have comics it's
1: a reimagining of the
2: uh, of the classic series
1: in graphic novel form that's
2: great so any um while you're here while we have you here um any any news on the vaccine is there um you know any word oh guy
1: branham do you know this but i invented a machine pronounces it a little (laughs) bit different You're welcome for inventing this wonderful vaccine. I do have an update, Jordan. I have an update for you. Uh, I've been working with the American government, uh, including Kamala Harris, Mm -hmm. uh, and we've been working up a list of of who gets it first. Uh, First of all, I decided to give it to people in uh, old folks' homes. Mm -hmm. Now, Jordan, I'm... I'm a little older than the average bear. <laughs> oh no! But you're very
2: spry. You have a you have a ton of energy. You threw out that that pitch. I'm a doctor. Uh-huh. I pitch
1: for the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so
2: it's going to be all uh, older folks.
1: First of all, older folks, and of course, frontline healthcare workers. Second of all, uh, other essential workers, and. And people with pre-existing conditions that uh, make it riskier for for them uh, to to catch COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Whether it's uh, asthma, uh, heart disease, anything. And then there's a bunch more. And then uh, talk radio hosts. (laughs) Okay. uh, (laughs) Okay. And then Q from QAnon. And then podcasters.
2: Oh, boy.
1: Podcasters will be getting it last, just after I give it to Q from QAnon. (laughs) Oh, man,
2: a lot about your politics that I didn't realize.
1: Oh, and Q from Star Trek. (laughs) John DeLancey. (laughs) Sorry, DeLancey. He's as healthy as a horse. He frankly doesn't need it.
2: Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Doctor Fauci, and for uh, ordering the book. That really means a lot. And uh, yeah, I hope it's, it's you know if it's half as good as the Babysitters Club, uh, I, th- I think you're I think you're really going to enjoy it. You're welcome, Jordan, and you're
1: welcome to Dave Martinez, manager of the Washington Nationals, (laughs) for all my strikeouts. (laughs) All right. Well, bye, Doctor. Bye, Doctor. Sorry, Jordan. I I don't know why I did this, but I just went to pee in the middle of the show. I just had to excuse myself and go
2: urinate. Oh, that's okay. Hold on. Uh, Did I miss anything? uh, No. Brian, insert the sound of the Star Trek Enterprise taking off. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you actually did, Jesse. Um, uh, boy, this always okay. happens. Infectious disease expert Dr. Yeah. Fauci came by. He pre-ordered Bubble. He's really excited about it. Um, oh, that's great. He, um, yeah, he's a big comics, big comics guy. Loves manga. Loves The Babysitters Club. And uh, yeah, apparently, he also is a big QAnon guy. So that was a surprise. Well, I mean, he probably
1: he probably doesn't support. Q from QAnon, it's just that Q from QAnon probably, and again I was urinating so I didn't hear anything (laughs) probably is the next to last to get the vaccine and the last will be podcasters (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> make,
2: honestly that kind of makes sense i get it okay did he mention anything about ordering from the put this on shop no he didn't uh uh-uh. but i mean if you wanted to oh. i think now would be a, a great time to do that
1: yeah i mean if people want to buy antiques and collectibles from the put this on shop at putthisonshop.com, they can use the code c shanties for 30 percent off <laughs> put this com. that's a jordan jesse go exclusive jordan I, okay how are you spelling shanties there uh, I spelled it different ways, but uh, I, I I thought about that ahead of time. But S H A N T Y. Mm-hmm. Okay. c shanty. That's your. That's the way we want to spell
3: it. c shanty. I just really quickly wanted to point out that uh, Dr. Fauci's appearance here uh, made me realize. A fun selling point about the bubble comic book you should probably mention to people is that it does not need to be transported or stored at 72 degrees below zero. (laughs) It's like (laughs) uh, on the market these days, you know, there are some products that do need to be held at 72 degrees below zero. So I think really just putting out there to your public, this one doesn't, could get you some buyers.
2: Yeah. And it's only, and you get the whole story in one dose. You don't have to come back. (laughs) You don't have to come back two weeks later for the second dose of the story it all wraps up it's a graphic novel so it all wraps up in there
1: guy i am really excited because uh i have this hbo max streaming service i mostly use it to watch just my my different uh sea spirit love shows yes Yes. Uh, but on this streaming service is the television show that you hosted uh, uh, talk show, the game
3: show. Funny you should mention that, Jesse. I consider this appearance to just be the launch of my press push to let people know <laughs> that talk show, the game show is now available on HBO Max. Previously, um, when we made the show, uh, it was sequestered into a space where no one could see it called Drew TV. And it did <laughs> not get uh, the widespread exposure that one would have hoped for it. But now yeah. it is on it's H- sort
2: of somewhat of an impractical home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have added a couple of, uh, you know, lovable Jersey guys to the mix.
3: Uh, but now we are on uh, HBO Max and people have been finding it and enjoying it. And it's been really lovely to, to hear from people who didn't uh, get to watch it the first time around. Um, so please watch Talk Show, the game show and enjoy it. So they decide to um, raise it from the dead like a movie dog um, <laughs> and let me make more of them.
1: I, uh, I get to be on the live version of Talk Show, the game show once uh, with person who's much more talented and famous than me, uh, Thomas Middleditch, if I remember correctly. And uh, it is it is basically the premise of this show is that Guy is the host of a talk show and all the contestants are competing in, uh, in a contest who can do the most and best talk show stuff. So you get points for, uh, t- to borrow, Guy's uh, parlance being charming. Uh, you get points for bringing the host a gift. Uh, there are all these different categories for which you get points. And then uh, you also get judged by Karen Kilgareth, which, you know, I mean, if you've heard Jordan Jesse go over the years, many times we've been judged by Karen Kilgareth. It's always fun. Um, And the the television version of this is so fun and funny. And what I love about this, what, what I love about this is not only that it is available now, but in it having become available, I think, you discovered that there is a foreign version that no one told
3: you about? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, that is very true. So I was like, it was my morning of like, oh, it, it is finally on HBO Max. They told me this last January. Uh, and so I announced it. And then a couple of people were like, hey, you know about the version in Quebec, right? Wow. And I was like, <laughs> no. And so there's a version there uh, called "Cinepa and Talk Show on talk show um and it's it's goofy and wacky in the traditions of Quebecois comedy like they give people 10 points for wearing a costume which if i had known anything about this i would have not allowed <laughs>
2: um, so wait who's the who's the canadian you who's the who's the host uh,
3: um, I forget his name. He's a dude who m- like mugs a lot and makes his eyes big. You know, like all French Canadian comedians.
1: Um <laughs> <That's> Chris Tucker.
3: <laughs> um, they removed Karen Kilgariff entirely. <laughs> uh. A lot of choices I wouldn't have made, and like simultaneously, it was that moment of being like. Um, sad that i have i'm not making any money from it and immediately called my attorneys to be like why haven't i made any money from this but also there's nothing nothing more magically is your 40s than there's a french canadian version of my show that was canceled a couple of years ago (laughs) (laughs) nothing like means you lived a life like that
2: a guy on on talk show, the game show, which I can confirm is really really funny. I actually watched it on True TV and really loved it. And and I'm uh, excited. Thank you so much. Me to, too. Ex- Me too, guy. Excited to rewatch. Um, who uh, who are some of the guests that come through? I remember the guests were always really really good.
3: I feel truly terrible that all of the things I am supposed to do to plug my own project, you guys have had to force me to do <laughs> Like, you guys have had to do it for me. Jesse had to explain the premise of the show. <laughs> and now Jordan is having to prompt me to name drop Tiffany Havish, Whoa. Wanda Sykes, Whoa. John Whoa. Sally. Whoa. The, the, there's nothing better than having a sports person who is charismatic on Talk Show, The Game Show, because... I don't know anything about them. Like Tiffany Haddish, I know is going to be funny and amazing, but like, I had no idea who John Sally was. And then he came on the show and was like a sheer delight.
1: Yeah. John Sally really did. NBA legend John Sally did a great job on talk show, the game show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed uh, Khalees.
3: Khalees smelled like like she smelled so beautiful she smelled like a very good divorce settlement that's the only way i can describe it (laughs) um and she was so breezy and so charming and just like effortless would you
1: say that she loves you so much right now
3: (laughs) (laughs) um look i only know one of her songs (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) and it's wait oh it's uh it's milkshake
3: it is milkshake
1: (laughs) oh well her current breakthrough hit was caught out there parentheses i hate you so much right now it was the one where she yells the for the chorus she just yells i hate you so much right now over and over
3: i mean i could have probably just like been cool and breezy about that and not made it a thing but no one ever comes to me for cool and breezy that's not why you guys Uh, asked me to do this show (laughs)
1: <laughs> you got you got Margaret Cho, San Francisco School of the Arts' uh second most famous graduate. Now I know what you're thinking. Is it after me? No, it's just after Aisha Tyler because she was on Friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um they're both great. There's no question about that. Uh all all kinds of a, amazing and uh hilarious people were on Talk Show the Game Show. It is so funny. And if you have HBO Max, first of all, I will say I I got HBO Max because my daughter wanted to watch something on it, and uh, I really like it. Uh, My daughter wanted to watch uh, the talk show with Elmo,
0: um,
1: hosted by Elmo, which honestly is great. Um, And I bought HBO Max so she could watch the Elmo talk show. I watched it with her and enjoyed it very much, but... uh, I actually love HBO Max. It is my favorite of the the streaming services. Oh, easy, it's, it's a really great easy. time. Easy, easy, and yeah. uh, I mean. Yeah, you, uh, uh, but uh, besides that, uh, it being the home of talk show, the game show, that's just the that's just the cream on top of the cake. You know, it's one of those cakes that you pour cream on. <laughs> sure,
2: yeah, <a> cream cake. <laughs>
3: a uno leche shake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just just one leche, please. I'm <laughs> I'm watching my leches.
1: Well, Guy Branum, it's been a joy to have you on the program as ever.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I miss you guys. This is very lovely. Oh, we miss you too, buddy uh guy branham if you, if you
1: get a chance to see him do stand-up comedy do not miss the opportunity if you got the hbo max do not miss the opportunity to watch talk So talk show the game show it is so 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 funny and you know what um if you don't have time to watch talk show the game show it's okay uh uh just watch impractical jokers these jersey boys yeah (laughs) cracking each other up (laughs) these guys are friends you know that's why it's okay (laughs) they're buddies they're buddies um our producer brian sunny d fernandez our theme music love you by the free design courtesy of the free design and our friends at light in the attic records, which is a wonderful record label, by the way. I'm always talking about, at the end of the show, I'll talk about how great Kites Are Fun, The Best of the Free Design is, which is the free design collection that they put out. And it is, it's fucking wonderful. The Free Design are an amazing band. Light in the Attic Records, they put out a lot of fucking good music. That is a great that is a great record label. So I'm just throwing in that plug there. You can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. You can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne. Guy is at Guy Branham. Um, okay. Uh, hashtag JJGo. Go. Uh, we're also on Instagram at put.this.on and at Jordan David Morris. That's plenty of stuff. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse Go.